Hello, thanks for tuning in. This is John Estry uh, coming to you today with Origin Gates podcast, Wisdom's Echo, and I'm glad to be here. Hope everybody is blessed and well, and um, just had a thought in mind, wanted to chat with you a little bit about today. Um, I would entitle this or title this Discernment versus Faulty Mindset. Um, and um, I've been dealing with a lot of people lately, and I'm finding some pastoral function having to come through, and I wanted to share that. Um, by the way, this is a little side note. Uh, the definition of a pastor, um, I remember some years ago the Lord told me, he said, I want you to shepherd some stuff. And I told him, I said, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm not pastoring. I... I don't want to do that, don't have any desire to do that, and uh, you can find somebody else. And, and he, he puts up with me sometimes, you know, just kind of all of a sudden gets quiet, and I know, like, okay, wait a minute. And I would turn and look and say, what? I just don't want to do that. And he flat out told me, said, you know, you don't want to do it because you don't know what it is. And so I asked the leading question. I said, so what is pastoring? And he said, it's really quite simple. It's not you. This is what it's not. It's not you trying to be the answer to everybody's problem, trying to be the fix for everybody, trying to solve their issues, where you create yourself a job where people become dependent upon you instead of me. I said, I got that message. Okay. He said, but what it is, is you stand in the middle as a side signpost. You look to the people, and then you point to them, and then turn and point to me, and cause them to come to me to find the answers that they need. You don't need to be the intermediary that stops the flow. You just need to be the signpost that points them to who I am and, and what I have for them. Once I understood that, I realized, oh, that takes a little bit of pressure off. So I'm not having to fix every hangnail or uh, every little thing. Anyway, that was a little side journey there. Um, the subject, though, at hand, discernment versus faulty mindset. And uh, the problem is this. There's a lack of discernment. There's confusion. Faulty belief systems based on a wrong first mention where you first cut your teeth as a Christian. So... The lack of discernment needs to be fixed. People need to step back into a God-given discernment. The problem is, is a lot of people are stepping into a faulty belief system of first mention. So they become a new believer and somebody in a church teaches them a thing. That becomes their foundation point of belief. And then everything they measure, instead of measuring by the Holy Spirit, they measure by that first thing that they learned as being gospel. That's a faulty mindset. That's not discernment. Discernment is different. Discernment is the thing that's led by the Spirit that causes that balance inside to say yay or nay. Um, a lot of times what happens is that um, we give up on discernment because we don't think we have enough understanding of this thing that we're in called the mystical movement or people of the way. And so we defer to somebody else in authority that seems to be teaching a thing, saying the same words, and automatically just say, well, that must be the truth of it because I don't have enough confidence in what I believe. You need to have confidence in what you believe because you have a foundation of the word. You measure it 
like Ian says, through the 12 strands, um, justice, judgment, and holiness. Um, I, I can't even remember them all right now. should know that. Sorry about that. But, you know, you compare things to truth, and then if it doesn't measure up, you'd be done with it. I remember years ago, you know, a lot of this, what I'm sharing today, came out of a conversation I had with my wife uh, this morning about some stuff. And uh, she steps and walks in a whole lot of wisdom. And um, I remember some years ago, actually about 30 years ago, I was lying on the couch one Saturday afternoon, and she walked out of the kitchen and made a comment, said a thing, and in my brilliance, in my uh, wonderful manhood, I discounted what she said. I just said, uh, whatever, you know, and I went on thinking about whatever I was thinking about. And it was one of the first times where I felt the Spirit of God address me harshly, and he said, son, and I felt like I was getting whacked with a two-by-four in words. And he said, don't you ever despise the wisdom that I've placed around your wife. And I've never forgot that. And now I, I can hear immediately when she says something, all of a sudden leaning into wisdom, something that God's put in there. And, and so I, I've learned to pay attention to that uh, just from that one transaction. Um, there's many things out there that sound holy or spiritual, but they're a tweaked version of truth. Ancient cultures understood a supernatural realm, and we've been dumbed down in this modern culture. We as a society uh, probably recognize strange satanic practices as having a supernatural component, but we have no grid for us as believers or people of the way to participate in a place of supernatural stuff in God. Uh, most uh, people just happen to think it's just a sovereign act of God. Um, that's not true. Ancient cultures all across the world understood the supernatural realm. Some were godly, some were operating out of the, the broken, tweaked stuff. And um, we'll go into that in a little bit. Also, how we say something, does it convey the right message to all the parties hearing what you're saying? Um, I, I made up this story just to paint an image, image of that. Um, most people, if I say the word elephant, understand a big gray animal that kind of lumbers around, sometimes runs, you know, but we recognize this gray animal. But there's an island in the ocean where this uh, group of people that have lived there for hundreds and thousands of years would make these big orange boats that they would travel on the water in and somehow they identified those as elephants and so in speaking if I were to say to that group of people uh, the elephant was out in the field their image of that would be a big orange boat when in reality the rest of us might understand that to mean a big gray animal so we have to be aware of who we're talking to, when we're talking, and what we're describing, that there's actually an accurate comprehension. Because even though the islanders may not be correct in their overall definition of the elephant, in their thinking, that's what it is. And so you're conveying a message, a faulty message. Just something to be aware of. Um, 
we have to be, especially as leaders, if you're talking to a group of people, we have to have a we have a responsibility to make sure there's understanding in the message that we convey. Uh, a lot of Christians, or actually people the way, or the people that are within our group of folks, that over the years seem to have a decent grasp on discernment, have thrown it out the window. I do understand why, and that's because of what I said a little bit ago. Uh, they're in new areas of understanding, and they discount discernment if there's an authoritative voice teaching them something new. They accept things because they don't know or they feel insecure. Um, again, be sure you're looking at discernment and not a faulty belief system when measuring things. Um, a lot of people seem to lean into the faulty belief system foundation of first mention. In all of this, what am I really referring to? Um, many people will talk and say similar wording to truth. And people, um, they don't use the foundation of the word as a mirror. Um, they identify God as the personage of Yahweh um, or even Yeshua. They, instead of seeing the personage of those beings that we know as God, um, it's been diminished or done down to just being a ball of energy. The problem is, yes, God is an energetic system. He's energy. He is that. But he is so much more than that. I've heard people discount the divinity of Jesus. They seem to skip over the fact that he was God and man. They make him to be no more than a spiritual prophet or teacher. Let's use some good sense in all of this. Um, remember, the supernatural realm is real. I remember being at a Chamber of Commerce event, a business group meeting in our community one time, and, and they asked me to come, and I had a, a booth set up for my business, and somebody else was there with me, so I let them stay there. I, I didn't really, I didn't, wasn't really excited about being there, but I wanted to go around and see who else was there, and I ran across a girl that was excited, new member of the organization, and she had a new business in town, and just all of a sudden caught my eye, and I was just drawn to talk to her, and, and so she was bubbly and smiley, and I said, so what's your business? Tell me about your business. And she said, oh, I'm a spiritual Ashkanic reader of the scrolls. I help people read their Ashkanic scrolls over their life. And I said, oh, really? Well, tell me about this. So I'm all of a sudden intrigued, you know, I want to know uh, who she is and what she, what her understanding is. So she goes on to tell me about the history of this and how it works and how she uh, participates in it, delves into it. And then she made an interesting statement after about four or five minutes. She said, the only problem is sometimes I get stuck and all of a sudden I find myself with these malevolent beings that just are, they're kind of scary and I have to unhook and be done and 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 it's just sometimes it's challenging and she was conveying this message that not everybody can do this <laughs> and I smiled and laughed and I said wow that's serious yeah you know when I go in I go in and above up all of that I never even engage with that because they're well below any realm that I'm dealing with and I just function in this place where you know there's goodness and mercy and wisdom and and things follow uh, you know things like that that are engaging with what I'm doing. And she looked at me with this blank stare on her face and she said, you know how to do that? 
And I was chuckling inside, and I said, well, we probably should get coffee at some point and talk again later. Um, but that all being said, um, people are out there understand the supernatural realm. When you're going into the realms of understanding, always be sure you're going through Jesus, the, the blood. Go through Yeshua as the portal and gateway of what you're doing. That really becomes the problem. Um, people don't, uh, they begin to kind of delve outside of God and, and access through Jesus into all that they do. We as um, people of the way have supernatural technologies at our disposal that once we're kind of connected deep into the intimacy and love relationship with God, it's actually a technology we have access to as mature sons. I spent some time years back reading a lot of the old Hebrew rabbis' info in in material like the Zohar, the Bahir, Sefer Yetzirah, Abelafia, etc. And uh, one night I had an encounter where Jesus showed up and said, you know, you can spend the next 20 years studying road education, or you can let me lead you by my spirit. Immediately I was smart enough, I know the right answer to that question. We're going to go with the leading of the spirit. I still read some of those things, but it's at the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I found that sometimes they trigger a thought that I might not be aware of, but then I engage with Yahweh to see what He shows me from there. And remember, through Jesus, you have direct access into all Yahweh has for you. A lot of times the Jews, for example, will spend years trying to learn how to walk the right pathway of the Sephiroth, to experience access to what they call the Ein Sof. The thing is, we, through Yeshua, have the ability to come up here at the direction of Rakhakadesh, or the Holy Spirit. And in that, we engage with anything He wants to show us, the mysteries of heaven, the secrets of God, because of our intimate relationship with His heart. The blood of Jesus and the cross and the resurrected power of who He is is the thing that we sit in. In him we live and move and have our being. And so we have direct access into all of those things. Something else to remember in all this. The Hebrews have an understanding of three types of Kabbalah, for example. And Christians have been scared off of Kabbalah by definition. Um, Kabbalah means reception or tradition. Historically, oral transformed, orally transformed knowledge by a rabbi to a disciple. In essence, that's the basic definition of what Kabbalah is. The Hebrews understand there are three types. There's theoretical, there's meditative, and there's practical or magical. Um, theoretical and meditative are okay. Uh, the Bible says meditate on the Lord, meditate on the Word, um, day and night, chew on it, engage with it, be a part of it. Theoretical talks about the aspects of of Yahweh and, and the, the, the attributes of wisdom and understanding and those kind of things. The problem is there's similar verbiage in the broken stuff that people have done in the practical or magical side of it. And if you don't use discernment, engage in the wrong place, you're going to end up in a ditch. You're going to find shipwreck in your life, physically, emotionally, health-wise, um, and plus, you're going to be just messing around in a muck and mire that you don't have any business being in. you got to remember the ancient Egyptians and the Sumerians and the Babylonians, 
all these groups, even some of the ancient Hebrews, delved into and worshipped other gods other than Yahweh. Uh, some of the Hebrews spent a lot of time, the kings, with Asherah and, and some of the, um, and Baal, some of the different things that were out there from other um, civilizations. And they had power in that, so they thought that was the way to go. Remember, you have power and technology through Yahweh. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but you got to use discernment to make sure you're on the right pathway. All this being said, don't shut down what Yahweh wants to release in your life. And at the same time, don't shut down God-given discernment. Let's just journey together through all of this as mature sons, engaging all that God has for us. And together we can really do this. Um, look to the Word. Look to uh, worship. Worship Jesus. Worship the Holy Spirit and the Father. Spend time singing to Him. Spend time just loving Him. And you'll be safeguarded and protected in what you do. Don't Also, don't be one of these people that they go through some of this for a period of time and all of a sudden they get off on the wrong thing and they discount everything and revert back to some um, dumbed-down belief system of Christianity that doesn't have any power. They deny the power thereof. Stay true to the Word. Stay true to the measuring sticks, the posts of, of, the, of the balance of the Word. And... Uh, the 12 strands, the threads that Ian mentions in his teachings, go through those things and engage from a proper perspective in a proper place. Uh, remember, you're full of the Spirit of God and discernment resides within you. Use it. Love you guys. Blessings. Talk to you soon.